Aloha! Welcome to the Hale o Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, explains Jesus' teaching from Luke 10. Jesus reminded the disciples that the first and foremost commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Trying to justify who is or is not our neighbor is an excuse to not do what we are supposed to. When walls of division come down and we remember that being right is never more important than our relationships, we can see that everyone is our neighbor. Good morning. So we're blessed this for us this morning. You know, I, I keep going back to parables, keep meditating in the parables, because I think that there is so much that we, we can learn if we really study the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ in the parables. You know, and just like a reminder, he is referred to in the New Testament as a rabbi. And a rabbi was a teacher. And rabbis would travel from town to town teaching. So they were like basing their teaching on the Torah, the, the, the scriptures, the Old Testament. And they were explaining how to live life based on the word, on the law. Okay, so that's it's important for us to remember that, that Jesus was raised and taught in the scriptures of the Old Testament. He was a Jew, <laughs> and he was living in Palestine, what we call today Israel, right? But we also have to remember that at that time, it was not just peaceful and quiet and normal life, there were a lot of conflicts. And there were a lot of different groups of people living together. You know, and there were like some were responsible for the temple worship. You know, and those were like kind of the elite of Israel. You know, those were the, the Levites, the priests. You know, the priests were the sons of Aaron, Moses' brother. Right? And all the Levites, all the tribe of Levi, they were responsible for anything related to the worship in the temple, the sacrifices, the maintenance, taking care of everything, making sure that everything was taken care of. Okay? So those guys were like, you know, the leaders of Israel in one sense. But there were, there was a lot of conflict between these guys and the Pharisees. Right? And then just the normal people. And then not to mention, you know, the Gentiles that lived among them. You know, and then there was like a group of people called Samaritans that were really in conflict with the Jews. So I I just want to paint this picture because I don't want to read the parable and just get a little shallow understanding that does not even apply to me today. Does it make sense? Because I think that this is the word of God. It was the Lord teaching. So it, it, it is eternal. 
And I have to find a way of applying this in my life today. Okay? So I want to start with uh, Matthew 22 before we get to where I am actually going. Uh, Matthew 22, verse 35. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? All these people, they came back from captivity, and they were, you know, worshiping at the temple. They were, like, really trying to do everything right. So you had, like, lawyers that we would call today scholars. <laughs> you know, they were not just law- lawyers, like, you know, that you call your, your attorney. He was an expert in the Torah. He was an expert in the Bible. So, meaning, he was really trying to live his life according to every detail of the word. So they were like really religious in one sense, you know, as we understand today, really looking to have a a righteous life. So this lawyer, this scholar, (laughs) and he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So Jesus is like, he was simplifying all of this. You take all these, the Ten Commandments, you take the 613 commandments, you take all the law, all the prophets, and you can summarize in two things. You love your, the Lord your God, right? And you love your neighbor as, as yourself. Let's go to Mark 12, really quick. Are you guys getting ready for the word? Yes. Mark 12, 28. Kind of the same things happening here. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, the foremost is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's the Shema prayer, right? And that's one of the most important prayers for the Jews. Every morning, every evening, they start their day, they end their day with that prayer. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. And it is important that we realize that Jesus is not just making this up. He's quoting the Old Testament. As a good rabbi, he was just repeating what was written in the Word. And the second commandment is not like, oh, this is the Lord just came up with that, right? No, this is out of Leviticus 19.18. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So Jesus was not making something new up. 
oh, now you have to love your neighbor as yourself. He was also quoting from Leviticus. Did you know that? It's always good to find the references that, you know, he was teaching out of the Old Testament as a good rabbi again. So the question is, who is my neighbor? Right? Who is my neighbor? Is it this, if I am a Jew, is only Jew? If I am a Gentile, is only a Gentile? If I am religious, is only the religious people and not non-religious? Does it make sense? So this is a big question because if you want to, if you're a good attorney, you're going to try to find a way through the law to get your way. Right? And a lot of times they were looking for ways out. What can I do so I don't get so much in trouble? So let's look to this passage in Luke 10. It started with verse 25. And a lawyer, you guys know what a lawyer is, right? A scholar, a expert in the Bible. And a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Important question, right? Do you want to know what you, you, want, you have to do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? Right? You're, you are the attorney. You are the scholar here. You are the expert. Why are you asking me? You should know. And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Look at this. This is a, a good attorney. <laughs> He's like repeating exactly what is in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. He's putting the two verses together and answering the answer of the Lord. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. This is the answer for your question about eternal life. If you do this, you will live. That's it. It's simple. Not for the attorney. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? (laughs) Don't you love this? Can I just choose who is my neighbor? Can I just choose whom I'm going to love? Now we get into the parable. Okay? Are you guys enjoying this so far? Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Just to paint a little picture. Jerusalem is 2,700 feet above sea level. So like Kula, right? How high are you guys there? 2,500? So Jerusalem is Kula, a little higher. And Jericho is about 800 feet below sea level. Can you imagine that? So the, the valley, the Jordan Valley, is like a rift in the surface of the earth that's below sea level. So Jericho is maybe one of the lowest cities in the whole world. Isn't that cool to know? And we know that the, the Dead Sea is the lowest you know, body of water 
and there is no outlet. So that's why it's so salty. So can you imagine there's like a 3,500 feet difference between Jerusalem and Jericho? And a lot of people, what happened in the Jordan Valley? Jesus was baptized, right, by John the Baptist. And a lot of priests, a lot of people lived there, but they would have to go to the temple to make the sacrifices, to do their duties as priests. So a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. And they stripped him, beat him, went away leaving him half dead. So here's a detail. You have no way to identify who that person is. No clothes. You cannot tell if he's a Pharisee, if he's a priest, if he's a Samaritan, if he is a, a, a Gentile, a Roman. He doesn't, nobody knows. Who is your neighbor? You don't know. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. What does it mean? Well, this means that these guys were religious. So they did not know if the guy was alive or dead. And as priests, if they touch, they cannot touch a dead body. So they were like, I, I have an excuse not to do anything. Wrong. Because a life is more important than your whatever sense of religious duty you have, right? But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? Right? Which one proved to be a neighbor? And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. So what is important here? It is important that picture number one, all the characters of this parable, right? You have a, a lawyer talking to the Lord, asking questions about how to interpret the law. And then you have Jesus teaching this parable with, you know, what? Amen? 
Nobody know what kind of man? Was he a Roman soldier? Was he a Jew, a Pharisee, a Sadducee, just a Gentile or a Samaritan? You know, and then if, if you're a priest, you go, I don't know if that guy is a Samaritan, so I don't want to help him. I don't know if this guy is dead, so I don't want to touch him. You have the robbers, which we all would agree that they're not the good side of this story here. You have a priest who have a Levite and a Samaritan. And I think that what God is teaching us here is that who is your neighbor? Anybody. Everybody. Everybody. You, you don't pick and choose according to religion, race, background, or anything. You don't wait to identify who is your neighbor. You just see somebody in need, and you help, and you bless. Who was listening to this? Maybe, was there more people besides the, the lawyer? Were they all Jews? So if they were all Jews, they were all with a lot of ideas. Can you imagine, like, He's telling this story, and okay, I know what he's going to say now. You know, then the third guy is a Samaritan. Oh, no. <laughs> you guys know the story of the Samaritans, right? They were like a mixed breed. They were religious. They believed in the words, the books of the, the Torah. But they worshipped in Samaria. You know, when the the kingdom got divided. You know, they set up altars there so people would not go to Jerusalem to worship. But what happened when they were taken captive into Babylon, some remained and some came back later, but other peoples were brought in and they intermarried. So the Samaritans were not even accepted by the Jews as descendants of you know, Abraham. So there was a lot of conflict. A lot of conflict. You, you, you see this clearly in John 4, 9 with the Samaritan woman. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So, this parable is a lot deeper than just being a good Samaritan. <laughs> I think Jesus is, is going and like removing all the walls, all the walls of separation. You know, we think that we have division in, in our country today. <laughs> they had just about the same 2,000 years ago. There's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, and we think that life is hard here and racial problems and cultural problems and social problems, you know, economic problems. That was all a reality 2,000 years ago. And what Jesus was teaching them is like, you know what? Let's forget about this question, who is your neighbor? Who is my neighbor? That's just an excuse not to do what you're supposed to do. 
and he's using somebody that it would be for me, probably the crowd that he was talking to, a Samaritan would be like the last good example that he could use. Does it make sense? Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor? The question was, who is my neighbor? But he didn't answer telling him, who is your neighbor? He's saying, who is proving to be a neighbor? Who is proving to be a neighbor to the one in need? I love that because we always ask the Lord for things, and he comes and answers with a little twist. <laughs> oh, really? What about this? You want to know who is your neighbor? I want to know if you are a neighbor. I want to know if you are a good neighbor to your neighbor. <laughs> Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. I want to bless this for us. Because in one sense, I think it's always important to never forget that being right is never more important than to be in the relationship. You know, even if the, the, the priests and the Levites had reasons, they had no excuse not to help. You know, I was reading some commentaries on the parables, and they were doing exactly what the robbers did. Walking away. I don't want to get involved. You know, maybe I'm going back home after my season in the temple. I need to see my family. Or I'm going back to the temple where I cannot get contaminated by a dead body. They could have all the excuses not to get involved. And the Samaritan probably could have used all the same excuses. I don't know if that guy is a Jew. Why am I going to help a Jew? They hate us. You know, especially if he was going back to the temple, he's a priest, he's one of those guys there that hate us. You know, but the truth is, he was the true neighbor. And the Lord was just teaching us 2,000 years ago and teaching us today, and you go and do the same. Despite what you think, you know, you don't just take like the robbers, but you give like the Samaritan. And I want to bless this for us. Lord, we've been hearing and you've been speaking to us about oneness and about love and a family, being your family. But what you're, you were doing in this parable is you, you, you were... You were removing all the walls and including everybody in your family. Everybody's included. That's what he did. He came to remove the walls of separation. And I, I, I want to bless us 
today as his church, as his disciples and followers, not to accept any more walls of separation. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? We bless this for us. Let there be an impartation of this heart of a neighbor. Now you know who is your neighbor. Love you guys. You guys want to stand up? Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.